Hello, Helen. Hi, James. I, I don't understand what happened. I just pressed record for the podcast and my Google just went, sorry, I don't understand. <laughs> I wonder if that's prophetic for I was today's podcast say. that um, people are going to be stood there going, I just don't understand just what you two are going on about. Again. Um, so, so, Helen, I, I, I don't want to expose you and just you know, bang on like a broken record that you are just a, a very limited person in your tastes and passions. But you're drinking Rude. something now. What are you drinking? I am. So I found in the back of my cupboard, That's don't bad. ask me why, in lockdown, my Christmas blend coffee. Oh. Oh, it's honestly, it's just like loveliness oh. in a mug. So it, it feels a bit out of context on a really hot day, but. Liz has flavoured coffees. She loves flavoured coffees. She has a whole selection of them. And I just, I can't cope with the smell, let alone the taste. Oh, no. Oh, oh. come on. That smells of Christmas. All lovely and But you're just weird. Cinnamony. You are just this uh, completely unfathomable coffee drinker. Because <laughs> you, you would normally just in a default, you want a cup of coffee, you'd have a black Americano. Yep. But then if you took you to Starbucks or other... Uh, shops are available your dream would be a caramel latte type thing wouldn't it the gingerbread usually yeah yeah but so you <laughs> you like the sickly sweet with the overly milked coffee i always have an extra shot of coffee though but still it's still <laughs> you've totally destroyed the coffee but then the great thing just to expose your secrets which makes me no. is, is, is my great power over you Everybody listening, if you've ever met Helen Sherlock, by no. the way, I'm James, this is Helen. I'm the vicar, she's the curate. Um, if you go into a meeting with Helen, no. and she's coming in a bad mood or she's stressed about the meeting, she asks for milk and her coffee. It's such a great tell, because I know whether she's happy or sad. She won't tell me. So I just go, do you want milk in your coffee? And I'm like, brilliant. Now we know where we are. It's true though, isn't it? I should never have told you that. Yeah, it's true. I don't know why. If I've had a bad day or I'm grumpy, I have milk and a sweetener in my coffee. Well, I was going to say, and if it's a really bad day, you had a sweetener as well. Yeah, oh. yeah, terrible. But, but I don't that, like anything coffee flavoured. I don't, wouldn't eat coffee cake. But, oh, but that's the even weirder thing. Because you normally would have bitter coffee without a sweetener. But then you'll go and put gingerbread in it, which is just pure sugar. I know. I know, oh. my husband loves the fact that you're mesmerised by my coffee. He's mesmerised by my whole personality. Mesmerised is a lovely word, but probably not the I word know. either of us would use. No. All right. Let's leave it at mesmerised. So, having a good week? Yeah. Doesn't the weather make such a difference? I haven't got out on the water this week, but it just makes such a difference. How about it is you? funny. I, yeah, just knowing... It, 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 we had the whole hot, hot, hot for so long, and then we had a zip, and now I'm just not quite convinced it's hot. Yeah. So, so I'm not dressing for hot weather. I'm not, you know, I'm, and I am in my little cold cell in here anyway. So, um, yeah. So, Helen, obviously, this week's big news, the long-awaited news, which is going to change everybody in the whole UK's lives, well, not UK, England, uh, yeah. is the fact that as of Monday... Boris says we can go back to church. Monday, Tuesday, Tuesday. Oh, yeah, I thought you were going to say Harry's is going to be open. Sorry. <laughs> For those of you not listening in Exeter, Harry's is a restaurant. <laughs> Great restaurant. Um, yeah. They know Helen by name and her order. <laughs> Again, she's yes, not we're denying gonna be able to. 
<laughs> Stop it. We are going to be able to go back into church, which gives me a massive ray of hope, but also a massive headache trying to work out social distancing with, um, and we don't have pews, but churches have pews. We've got chairs that we're going to have to change because they're soft furnishings and measuring out all the distances. And some people are desperate to get back and some people are really worried about entering back into whatever normality is. So yeah, what, what do you, I, what are your feelings about it? I just think it's fascinating insights into people and leadership, isn't it? Around what our drivers are, what, what, what concerns people. Um, how different we all are, whether we're a lawbreaker by nature or a legalist by nature. So starting from those places and, and then the challenges of responsibility. Mm. So we can't make people do things. They're adults, but we are responsible for people and where's the line. So, so if we did things badly and someone gets ill, then we're in massive trouble. There was, there was interesting. It was a vicar who did a wedding before lockdown when you're last weekend, when you're allowed to do weddings Mm. and, um, and loads of people got coronavirus through it. And he, in the press, local press was completely attacked, taken down, how irresponsible was he? But if he'd refused to do the wedding, because it was the weekend before lockdown, he would have been just as hammered on the other side. It's so hard. I did a wedding on that last Saturday and we rushed it through because it was supposed to be on the 18th of April and we knew that it was likely to, to be stopped. Um, and the hardest thing is only five people were allowed in. Yeah. So that's two parents either side if they've got two parents. And then who do you choose? The best man, a bridesmaid? Yeah. So, so hard. So, yeah, I wouldn't yeah, I wouldn't judge anyone on that basis because everyone's pleading with you because they've been building up to this for two years, some of them. But you're challenged... I think whatever, whatever you do in leadership, the potential of getting it wrong, and then the challenge in leadership of knowing what's actually just my own subjective desires, subconscious drivers, um, yeah, and and yeah, that yeah, that I think that's a real test for us and challenge for us. Um, yeah, and it's really interesting, isn't it? Because we can't stay the same as we are, as lovely as it is. And I'm saying lovely in, you know, quotation marks, because being in lockdown can be quite testing in a large family. But as lovely as it is being in that safety net of only coming into contact with your immediate family and knowing that it's very unlikely you're going to catch anything, that can't continue forever. And we can say wait for a vaccine, but we don't know when that's coming. Yeah. So it's so hard, isn't it, to know when to dip a toe out. And, and I, I walked out of my front door today. For some reason, the guy opposite me was having a corona test on his doorstep. So the whole of the road was staring at him. And I just think, how hard is that for him now? Yeah. Because people are thinking he's got it and they're going to be taking a wide berth around his door. So if anyone was willing to t- put a toe outside, they're, you know, withdrawn straight back in. But then, interesting all the way through so i walked up to church earlier and the number of shops are open but you think actually most of them are not socially distanced they're too small but those shop workers have no choice no if they want to earn money they have to go in and and however anxious they are however much anxieties and we know people through lockdown who've who've separated as families to cope with shielding and that and 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 people can be anxious already 
so there's there's questions of that the other fascinating thing in it is um i think how much i was talking to somebody the other day and they said i just don't listen to rumors it was actually about church of england stuff and finances and uh, numbers of clergy and things he said mm. i've just learned just to ignore all the noise and wait till we're told and and that's the real mess at the moment isn't it so boris makes a statement on tuesday and they haven't even got anything to release yet no. so then you've got all the second guessing what did he actually say and what do you mean because the government haven't told you what the guidelines are fully um no. and and we begin to guess and like weddings it said 30 people can get married no 30 people can be at a wedding 30 <laughs> people getting married in one wedding would be weird uh i've done but, one of those well. but then the small print says as long as social distancing's allowed yeah so so it's up to 30 yeah isn't it? so for a church like ours and it's so two. someone then would be going, right, well, vicar, I'm allowed 30. I've chosen my 30. And then the vicar That's goes, right. yeah, but you can have 11 here. Um, mm. and, and also fascinating. I don't know how it worked with you, but, but as a vicar, how do you socially distance from a couple when you're marrying them? Well, so I, were, I wasn't allowed to touch their hands or the rings. I had to hover. Yeah, it was bizarre. It was my first wedding as well. But, but you still are close, whereas now probably you shouldn't be close. That close to hover. No, no, that's true. Or you wear a face mask. Well, I, I don't want to be in wedding photos in a face mask. I don't know, James. It might improve it. <laughs> <laughs> improve all the photos. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, but the other thing, I think we're just rambling now because it's all raising all the questions and we're not taking anybody anywhere. But we were talking this week as well at church on uh, boundaries. And uh, part of it was about your, your circle of responsibility uh, which is the stuff mm. I am responsible for, I can influence it, and it's up to me how it goes. And then the circle of concern, which is much bigger, which is the stuff I'm concerned about and worried about, but actually it's not my place to change it. I'm not responsible for it, which again is really challenging in leadership, isn't it, of, of where I draw those boundaries. Again, the danger is it's down to my stuff, not yeah. ob objective truth in God or leadership. Mm. Um, uh, and we, yeah. particularly in the East Church, where you look at people making mistakes in relationships and the danger of stepping into heavy shepherding and yeah. telling people how to live their lives or poor discipling mm. where we don't want to judge. We don't want to interfere. It's not our place to tell you this is bad. Um, and we, we kind of step back and abdicate. Yeah. And, and we talked last week about divorce and things. How many couples are there where people in leadership look and go, this is not healthy. And never say anything but then we judge people when the relationship falls apart not judge but yeah you know, and just now's the kind of the golden moment is to go is this okay but is that an appropriate social thing to ask yeah and i think it, it depends on your role in well does it you know if i if i was with somebody who was completely wrong for me and i couldn't see it because i was so blinded by love uh i would hope that my friends would say something but whether then it's up to me but if I don't say something it's like you know if somebody's having an affair and you know do you tell their partner or do you keep quiet and I've had my fingers burn both ways by telling someone and not telling them it, it yeah it's I guess it's the type of friend you want to be yeah. and who would you want to have as your friend and it's really hard isn't it because I don't know it can cut, almost become habit because I've had four children. By the time the twins, um, 
were growing up, they didn't do anything for themselves because I, I just didn't have time to teach them to tie their shoes or to eat with a fork or whatever. I've noticed and, that about the twins. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I wonder if in leading we can be a bit like that. Oh, I've seen this before. They're not going to be able to do it. So let me yeah. step in. Yeah. But as a parent, our main role is to grow young people who are going to be able to live on their own. And as church leaders of young people, our role is to grow young people who can live their lives according to being closer to God. And if we're not around, which we're not going to be, if they're because most of our lovely young people fly off to wonderful places, they're going to have to learn to make decisions for themselves. And so it's that telling them, helping them, praying for them, and then letting them make the mistakes. And that's the hardest thing, even as a parent, isn't it? To watch your kids make the mistakes. And that's a really big difference in the Christian front of the fact that actually we're not just, there's another dimension, isn't there? Because God's involved. Yeah. So it's not just, do I let go? Actually, then we can pray. And how much do I trust God? Which again takes you back to parenting. How much do I trust God for my children's well-being? Yeah. Or if I'm honest, I believe in God, I trust him, but not with that. Yeah. Um, yep. And interestingly, and I think parenting is a great analogy for leadership. But the challenge is that's fine with a 17-year-old in our church. Yeah. But when they're 19, they're an adult and are we parenting them? Is that our place? They're grown-ups. Mm. Um, but then interestingly, loads of stuff around our poor boundaries, our poor behaviour and particularly in this generation, is a lack of parenting. Yeah. And, and how much do we need as church in an appropriate way to help redress where, where people haven't had that teaching and growing yeah. in life? Yeah, and we were talking about it last night at Uncovered, weren't we? And one of the girls who is nearly 19 said, I've never been taught about boundaries and friendships. Yeah. And that's really interesting that, that actually... It is something we need to talk about and equip people for because otherwise they, they'll either take advantage or be taken advantage of. Not necessarily people wanting to, but out of just how they've learned to do things. And, and again, that comes up in marriage prep of, of how much uh, couples have ever been taught ways to relate to each other, friendships, how to relate yeah. to a partner. You pick up your parents the way they argue or don't and you assume yeah. that's the way. Um, and, and most people, lots of people were not brought up in a Christian family. Mm. So they've never had Christian teaching on stuff. And, no. and that, if we're Christians and we believe it's every part of our lives, that should change things. So it's not just the way I spend my money is in reaction to, or in line with my parents. It's, yeah. it's actually, what does God say about that? And then in Christian families where we'd love to think we've brought our kids up in perfect Christian teaching we still weak and we have our prejudices and actually so many of our ways of operating are less godly than we'd like to think they are. Yeah. And it's hard, isn't it? Because I'm on the other end of that now with children who are growing up and are frightened to tell me things because they think I'll judge them because of my Christian values. Yeah. And I never want them to think they'll be judged harshly because I love them. I may not agree with their choices and I'd want them to think differently, but I'd want them always to be able to tell me stuff. Which takes us right back to what we were talking about in our last podcast around how do we take sin and, and stuff that's wrong seriously, but have huge amounts of grace. And I think yeah. one of the challenges and responsibility is I am responsible for me and my behavior. 
Yeah. And if I invested as much interest and energy into worrying about that rather than other people's behavior, I'd be doing much better. And, and if you treat me atrociously and are rude to me and disrespectful and undermine me and uh, sorry, I'll stop going. Um, then, then (laughs) how I react is not your responsibility. How I react is my stuff is not your stuff. And often I think the way we treat people is if they're nice to us, then we're nice back. If they're off with us, we, in whatever ways we react according rather than going, I am going to be the same with you, whatever you're like. I am going to live my life with God's character and the fruit of the spirit as much as I can and not in reaction where the world says we treat people how they deserve. Yeah. And I heard a great quote, it, ignore, not ignoring, but accepting those people who are in abusive relationships. I don't think this counts, but you deserve what you tolerate. So if, if you're horrible to me all the time and I never say, James, that isn't okay, you're not going to, you may not ever know that you I, speak to yeah. me in a way that I don't like. Yeah. Um, and so when it's you've okay never said, to so actually... I assume it's fine the way I talk to you. <laughs> it's actually okay for me to say would you mind not speaking to me like that I remember when I was a teacher kids I I worked in quite a tough school which I absolutely loved and kids would effing blind because that's what happened at home and I would just say to them boys would you mind not speaking like that in front of me because I really don't like it and they were like oh all right I'll try and they really did try. Yeah. But if I'd never said it, because I just think, oh, that's how they've been taught to speak at home, they would never know that that's not okay in certain places and to try and change. You need to have a chat with some people putting out drama on telly. What? I think the language in stuff on television has changed so much in the last five years or so. Oh, yeah. The amount of yeah. swearing, which is unnecessary swearing, you just think, where in the past you'd have been put after nine o'clock or it wouldn't have been acceptable it's it's just not needed um anyway that's no and the the really funny thing that you will not believe is that if you told my mates from when i was training as a teacher that i said please don't speak like that in front of me they'd have laughed because i used to swear an awful lot no yeah i know it's unbelievable don't believe that (laughs) What, the you stupid? <laughs> <laughs> so. Anyway, moving on. All our, all our pontificating talking, what, what hope, <laughs> what, what spiritual wisdom do we have to, to end this podcast with? Um, well, I think, I think I want to be the, the friend to other people that I would like friends to be to me. And and you're right. I'm only responsible for my behavior. And so if they, if they don't like what I say, if I say it in a loving with the best intentions way, that's up to them. But actually I would hate for you to see something in me that you thought was really irritating and could change, not just irritating to you, but you know, not very, nice or whatever godly um and you didn't say anything <laughs> oh, no, I, why have i just said that you're just gonna send me text after text now aren't you about all my little things that irritate you i wasn't gonna bother with the little ones <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah well anyway that so be the friend that you want yeah 
is is my advice and and let them have the choice whether they take that advice or not but don't treat them any differently if they don't and and i love the quote that we used the other night of henry cloud who's written this incredible book on boundaries uh, he talks about if you can't say no to a friend are they yeah. are they a friend and some of us fear saying no because it'll ruin the friendship but actually if they're genuinely right. a friend they can handle no they may grump yeah. and stress and strop but it shouldn't destroy the friendship uh, and i think yeah. the other thing in that is um uh, my job is to be honest and tell you stuff graciously lovingly encouragingly not rather than kind of tell you you're stupid or wrong or whatever but actually i'm offering you my opinion i'm not making mm. you take it my responsibility no. is is to be honest with you and 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 graciously it's up to you whether you ignore that advice or opinion or or observation um and that's yeah. then that's your responsibility what you do with what i've said but equally then what i am responsible for i guess is boundaries so you may not change yeah. your behavior but i have a choice whether i'm going to let you keep dumping on me letting me down hurting me so so i can tell you ask you to behave change or say what's going on how i see it i can modify my behavior and say actually if you if you just swear at me every time i speak to you i'm not going to keep talking but i can't yeah. make you stop swearing but i can step back no. yeah yeah and actually never underestimate how much it takes for a friend to say something like that to you yeah they are a real friend if you know as long as it's delivered in a loving way and not you know i'm better than you because i don't swear type way um that takes a lot of guts for some people yeah. to to say those things to people um and it may take you a couple of days to calm down if you're anything like me but actually i always think about it and and realize that that's done out of love usually and that's the other thing that you can't underestimate how much people are impacted by what you say because some people may yeah. kick back and be defensive and aggressive and make it sound like they totally disagree with what you're saying but or just laugh it off but then they can stew on it the impact yeah. of our words is powerful isn't it that i'm the kind of person yeah. that if i feel i've upset someone that would just crush me for days um mm. but probably the person wouldn't realize um, and, yeah. and the last thing i think i'd say on this is is about responsibility and concern how much which we talked about the other week how much do i believe in the power of prayer yeah how much yeah am i praying for stuff rather than talking about stuff or 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 decrying the fact things don't change in people's lives mm. so how much when it's outside of my responsibility i can't make that boy and girl break up because that bloke's really hurting the girl i can advise her to to you know does she see what's happening is this okay i can ask questions but I can't change things. But what I can do is pray and know that yeah. God cares for them both way more than I ever will. And if it's hurting mm. and concerning me, then it's got to be breaking God's heart. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's leaving it with God, isn't it as well? Yeah. Cause I'm quite good at praying about things, but then I take back control yeah. and think, okay, so I've got to sort this out. And actually, you know we spoke about it a few weeks ago i've been talking with a couple of girls for ages and all of a sudden oh i think god's telling me this great because it makes them listen much more better voice to listen to than mine yeah. we we must stop um you know guys if you feel the time has come that we should stop talking uh and as lockdown eases you want an ease from our podcast let us know if you want us to keep going um 
and waffling away, then tell us. Uh, info at unlimitedchurch.org.uk or just text Helen. She said she wants you to be honest, so please do. Uh, yeah, do. Hel- uh, don't text me and be honest. I can't cope. I'll be crushed. Uh, <laughs> Helen, why don't you pray as we finish? Uh, Lord, we thank you for... Uh, the wonderful sunshine and the difference that it makes. And Lord, I pray that you would just give us all a real sense of peace and hope as we look to perhaps stepping uh, more outside of this lockdown period. Pray that you just give us courage where we need it and give us discernment where we need it too. That you would just pour your blessings out on each one of us. Amen. Amen. I'll speak to you next week. Well, I might speak to you. Great. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Thank you. Bye.